Lily, I brought you here today to ask you a very special question. What is it? Well, I've never felt this way about anyone before. Same. Hello and welcome. Welcome and hello. This is Wait, You Haven't Seen. It's a show where we talk about movies and specifically we talk about a movie at least one of us has never seen before. I am your host Travis, aka TV's Travis. This is episode number 159 and the movie this week is 2007's Eagle vs. Shark. And here to talk with me about it because, well, it was her idea to watch it, is Amy Frost. Amy, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm very excited. I love inflicting this movie on people. <laughs> so this is 2007, written and directed by Taika Waititi. Now, r- right there is all I need to hear, and I'm in, because yeah. I have yet to see anything that has had his name on it that I have not liked. There's plenty of I'm stuff I still... Huge, I'm on such a huge Taika kick mm-hmm. right now. Uh, I mean, What We Do in the Shadows has become like my A number one comfort television show, which is like a weird thing for it to be, but here we are. <laughs> Uh, and then yesterday, day before, I don't remember now, I caught up on uh, on uh, Our Flag Means Death. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to say that people don't, like, he's great in Jojo Rabbit, and everybody knows he's great in Jojo Rabbit, but I think people don't give Taika enough credit as an actor. He is hilarious, first of all. Like, he is genuinely just a, a funny human being. Um, he is. I mean, his, his Korg... He turned a character from the comics that I remember from reading Planet Hulk. And Korg was a very stoic character, and he changed him up and, and obviously made him fit the tone of Thor Ragnarok that he was going for. But he was yeah. he stole every scene. Korg stole every scene he was in. And it's it's on the strength of Taika embodying that character. And you're right, Jojo Rabbit, he killed it. I like simultaneously love and hate how much I liked him as Hitler in that movie. <laughs> it's like, no, yeah. he's he's playing Hitler. I can't like this, but damn it, I love this because it's because no. he did the perfect part. He did the perfect thing, which was I did no research whatsoever on Adolf Hitler before I did this role. Like that's that's the way you do that. Ideal. Um uh yeah, the the season finale of Our Flag Means Death is like I <laughs> I didn't know what to expect, and then I'm just like sitting on my couch sobbing, oh. <laughs> like, "Oh, okay, cool." I hear good I guess things. We're have feelings today. <laughs> I hear good things about that that show, and it's I want to really watch it. Good. Really uh, from good. from everybody except for Stephen from Major Spoilers apparently didn't like it. Uh, from I mean, what? That's fine. But you know that whatever. Um, but no, I'm I, that that I'm looking forward to. Honestly, I still haven't seen Hunt for the Wilder People. Um, and I need to watch I that, one, that one because um, that is supposed to be really good too. But I mean, Thor Ragnarok, what we do in the shadows is phenomenal. Yeah. And I really had a good time with that. Um, and this, this movie was a lot of fun. It's, it's interesting because it's a very, uh, it's a movie full of awkwardness. It's all it is. awkwardness. It's like if Garden State but you take away, <laughs> but you but you don't cast anybody in a from a Hollywood film in it whatsoever. Like yeah. all the people that got rejected from being in something like Garden State are in this movie. That and and I don't or want it to like sound the, like it's like the the regional theater version. 
there you go. That is what it is. It is the <laughs> local regional theater version of, of Garden State. Garden State. And it works so well because there's so much charm to it. And there was actually a quote I read from Taika uh, Watiti about that where he... Um, uh, let's see, director Taika Waititi sharpened the edges of reality, but he said playing out extreme or unusual characters in the straightest of ways is what makes deadpan serious so funny. It's the yeah. antidote to slapstick. When the atmosphere is tense and uncomfortable, which awkwardness gives you, very much so, uh, that is when we feel the need to laugh the most. It, the sort of humor I prefer and write comes from finding the lighter side of tragic. I love that because... There's so much in this movie that is that it's those tense, weird, like awkward moments yeah. uh, that I I very much felt while I was watching this movie and 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 felt in a memory sense because I but was. I, so like I, I, I have a lot of like I'm not necessarily always the biggest fan of the the like uncomfortable, awkward humor. Right. Like there are episodes of The Office that go too far and I, I just can't. They're too cringy for me, but I think because they're so deeply personally identifiable to me. Well, I go, so no, I understand. So that's how that kind of humor can work. Is it yeah. has to, in order for that humor to land, it has to be something that you can identify with. Yes, as well as it can't go beyond that sort of event horizon. Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's a point at which that awkwardness becomes too much. I know exactly what you're talking about with The Office or with other shows mm -hmm. and movies that have done that type of humor where they come right up to a line and then some of them just blow right past it. And you're just yeah, like, they're just nope. like, All right. what line? Yeah. I didn't see a line. Nope. The, the cringe becomes too much. Yeah. And and some of that comes from having uh, no heart in it, no, no likability. Right. Taika Waititi has this way of making these weirdly awkward and uncomfortable situations uh, somehow filled with heart as well. And, yeah. and that's what makes it work. That's what made this movie for me work. I'll just come right out and say I enjoyed this movie. I had a good, good time. I'm with glad. It. Um, and the funny thing is, is I enjoyed it, but the whole time, I hated Jermaine Clement. I hated Jared, <laughs> I should say. I mean, he's... He's like, not likable. He's not. He's a dingus the whole movie. He's the just whole movie. terrible. And yeah, he's like, terrible on, to man. her. Like Lily Lily deserves so She's much so better than, than what he was throughout 95, 99% of the movie. About what like most of the people in her life give her. I mean, not her brother. Damon is great. And even uh, Jared's family is great. Mm -hmm. But like the part at work. Oh. 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 That was oh, oh that was so it's rough. Heartbreaking. What's uh. and, and the heartbreaking part of it is the realization that it was all a ruse just to fire her. Fire her. Ugh. Like that that killed me. And just everything she just takes everything in stride. Mm -hmm. Um there's even the there's a part where where Jared even points that out, right? Yeah. He's like, you know, well, nothing upsets you. She's like, well, some people don't even have a sleeping bag, so Right. I guess I'm she doing just, okay. She's somehow been able to to turn that that into and it's weird because it shouldn't work that that shouldn't be an endearing personality trait, but there's something about the way that she goes about it because she doesn't 
She's not happy about it. She's not happy about it, but she also doesn't make herself a martyr over it either. She doesn't draw no, attention no, to it. No, she no, just no. does it and just moves on. Yep. And it, but but is also genuinely kind to other people. Yeah, which I think is why it works because she's not she's not taking all of this, but somehow just waiting for like things to work out for her. She's just like she's taking all of it and just moving on, but still just showing this kindness to other people. It's that difference yeah. between being kind and being nice. Right. Being nice yes. is a selfish thing. Yeah. Being nice is is you doing that kind of for your own personal gain, whether it's to make yourself feel better or it's for somebody else to notice it and feel feel good about you. Being kind is just doing that because it's the thing you should do. It's the thing to do. And Lily is an incredibly kind person. And she was wonderful. She was my second favorite character in the movie. I'm, guess, I'm intrigued can, to find can, out who your favorite character is. I'm curious is. if you have a guess. Is if it, you had um, to guess. oh, um, um, hang on. Let me get, uh, what is his name? The, his best friend there. His, the, the, the best hacker he knows. Oh, uh, so he actually falls number three. He, I liked him okay. a lot too because I, <laughs> I identified, well, I identified with him at, at, at a couple of parts because there were definitely moments in my life where I was literally that guy. My favorite part is, right, he's the best hacker I know. The way that he's acquired the information is he file. asked his mom. Yeah. Um, and then, meanwhile, in the background, his whole computer is just, <laughs> just, just virus-ridden porn pop-ups. <laughs> And they're just trying to not look at it. I know. While his computer is actively moaning. Yep, and melting down. Oh, it was so good. Oh, no, he, he was great, but um but he was he falls below Lily just because he was my the only reason that he wasn't Mason, uh, his higher Mason was that he was just kind of a uh, a cardboard cutout. Like there wasn't a, I didn't he get was. to know him enough, but I but I no, really enjoyed him on screen. Um no, uh, one more guess. I'll give you one more guess. Uh, was my... it the dad? No, but he was in a tie with Mason because the dad, again, and we didn't get a ton was... of time with him, but the dad was... No, but he he had growth. He did. He'd had growth, and uh, he also looked like the New Zealand version of Stellan Skarsgård to me. Sure. And if you look at him again, absolutely. tell me that you don't see that, because, like, seriously. No, no, you're absolutely It, it right. took me a second, and I was like, it, it's not him. No. It's not. No, it's not him. Okay. No, All right. No. Uh, no, my favorite character in the movie, honestly, is Damon, her brother. He's just. Brothers. It, it, he's he's amazing. <laughs> he's he's, and it's their relationship, right? It's that they have this wonderful brother sister relationship, and he is just a complete goof. But like, the the scene, the first time where Jermaine, uh, where Jared's at the house, yeah, and he's like throwing the, or he's hitting the tennis ball on the table and all that. And he's talking to her and whatnot. And then when she says, yeah, my brother has a car, we, we, we could ask him. And then it just cuts just 180 right degrees and he's just sitting there staring at them. <laughs> I lost it. Like that was so good. So well his, done. His damn seagulls hat. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, and the terrible impersonations and accents that he does that, uh, that she loves and are costume. just, Mm -hmm. uh, you're right yeah no he's brilliant he's oh he's my favorite character and I wish I'm I wish we'd had more of him but also at the same time like we had just the right amount to where yeah. it didn't the joke didn't get old so yeah 
Uh, Joel Tobeck, by the way, is who played Damon. Um, he's done a ton of stuff, uh, a lot of New Zealand film. He's been in a few Peter Jackson stuff. He, like everyone else in the, uh, in the yeah, country everyone of New Zealand, in every, was every, in Lord of the Rings. Everyone with a New Zealand passport was yep. in Peter Jackson. At some variety. point or another, like that's just it's a yeah. They just they just happen. You don't have a choice. No, nope. just happens to you. No, nope, you just you you're ro- your they're rolling through town one day and they're like, all right, you're come yeah. on. They that's their their version happen. of compulsory uh, armed service. Military service. Yeah. Is instead of compulsory military <laughs> service. Nope. Peter Jackson's working on a new movie. You haven't done one yet. I see. Uh, it's your turn. You are, uh, Middle Earth. Exactly. Um, um, I like what I like about Damon is that he is a professional cartoonist and his drawings are not very good. <laughs> yeah, when she said that and we've already seen his drawing and he did the little yep. drawing of the cat fishing. I was like, okay. All right. Cool. <laughs> okay. If you say so. Um, but yeah, he, he was great. Uh, Jared is such a dingus of a character, but it's Jermaine Clement. So there's like this weird charm to it. Even though I mean, that's how I that's how I found the movie in the first place, right? Is Jermaine Clement. I, I believe I saw it like pretty close to when it came out. It was probably like a Netflix deep cut, you know what I mean? Sure. But it was because I I love Flight of the Concords. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Love Flight of the Concords. I have somewhere in the depths of my hard drive, I have like a bootleg copy of like an only released in New Zealand concert Ooh. CD, and every version of this, like, the every version of every song is better than any other version that exists, and I'm mad about it. <laughs> but that's yeah. awesome. So I'm sure it was, that's, I'm sure that's exactly how I found this movie, because I don't entirely remember, it's just always been a sure. movie that I know. But, you know, he, first of all, the hair, that hair was, was a choice. Uh, it, was, it was, actually, <laughs> it was his, his co-worker, had the better mullet though. He's only yeah. in the one shot, but he just kind of leans out, and he had yep. like the he had like the uh, the version of of Jared's hair, but it was kind of cranked to like an eleven. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, when you work at Screen Blasters, you have to maintain a certain level of. There is an aesthetic that you have to have. <laughs> there is an aesthetic, and and apparently that's it. Um, of course, Taika has a, a role, but he's only in like pictures and flashbacks. Um, yeah, and yeah. it's no, I know. I saw him in the because I didn't remember right, and mm-hmm. I I saw him in the credits, and I was like, wait, like as an you know as an actor, and I was like, wait, <laughs> and then I was like, oh right. What's interesting is like they don't go into they don't give us any of the actual story of the fact that it's his ex-wife and that she isn't actually apparently she isn't dead the mother no or what happened to gordon the brother like what actually and they don't well they 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 touch on it they get close but they never give us like the whole little, story yeah we don't get the whole story um jared's daughter cuz they go for the walk yeah um and, which that was a great part <laughs> Oh, it was. <laughs> like, um, and uh, so so when the dad turns around and goes home because he doesn't want to go up to the cliff. Um, Which, by the way, was a moment I wasn't prepared for, for him just getting out of the wheelchair, slamming his blanket down, and then like <laughs> right? grabbing the wheelchair and pushing it down the street. <laughs> home. <laughs> um, and they hike up to the top of the hill because Lily wants to figure out, you know, what. Uh, yeah. 
you know, what's going on. And then the little girl's like, yeah, that's where my uncle died. Oh, all right. Well, they, and they, like I say, they give, they tell you that part and they yeah. touch on, they, paintings the, the, in his room. Yeah. So he has all these paintings in his room and you can see some very lovely versions of that hilly cliff, which I'm sure has some big long name and, you know, it's mm-hmm. like it's whole, the whole town's whole thing. Um, and then like the last one that's still sitting on an easel is like super sharp and super dark. And and once you know, it's like a lot. Oh, it is. It is. And, you know, the dad talking about like how, you know, he all he wanted was for him to keep winning. And maybe that's what happened is he pushed him yeah, too hard. I like, will never know if it was my fault. And there's there there's something so gut wrenching about that. But also like that's some beautiful storytelling because it gives you enough to get you and start to get invested and you start to care and yeah. you start to wonder and you ask these questions and they don't answer them for you. And that's both outstanding and frustrating. And that's, sure. I like that in a movie that does this. Like it's this weird, cause it, there isn't like a, an A to B to C plot to follow. This no. is just one of those movies. It's just kind of a slice of life. So it's a, it's a warning that you don't go away for a week with the guy you just met. Well, there is that. Uh, sure. I mean, there's some red flags there. <laughs> but I just talk about how this. Go ahead. No, no. no I, I, go ahead. I just I just kind of like it feels like a real world and a real family and real people. When you do that, when you give these little tiny pieces, like he's got a daughter. Right. Cause no oh, one's going to sit and just tell you like the whole story. Right. Exactly. Yeah. She rolls in and she's just like, hi dad. And he's like, Oh yeah. And it's like, yeah. you get the story of he was at a party and he slept with some girl and then there was a baby and that's it. We don't ever meet her. None of that. And that's what I, that's what makes this like, it takes it kind of to a next level for me because it feels like real reality with these crazy, like extreme characters. Right. Yeah. Because they are extreme and quirky, but somehow feel real. And then you add that extra layer of kind of, uh, I guess you could call it world building, but sort of reality to it. Right. And that's what I really, really enjoyed. One of the things I really enjoyed. This movie has one of my favorite sex scenes in all of Hollywood. (laughs) Ever and again, because it's, it's like the most realistic one ever. It's a, little, it's a little too close to home. <laughs> and I don't entirely like that part. Um, but I mean, because poor Lily, right? Like Lily has had a crush on him forever. Like, yeah, forever. Mm-hmm. Um, she tries to get uh, what's her name? Is her name Jenny? Is that her name? Jenny. Yep. So she tries, she's like, Jenny, we could go to this, you know, can I come with you to this party? It sounds like a lot of fun. (laughs) Jenny's like, okay. Um, So I I love when Jared asks where, where, where she is. Oh, yeah. She's like, she's a lesbian. She went to a lesbian party. Uh, I, I actually, I have that captured. Uh, It sounds a little something like this. Where's that chick, Jenny? Why isn't she here? She's a lesbian. She went to a lesbian party. Typical. Like they do. <laughs> Typical. <laughs> so she's like had this crush on him, right? Um, she, I, I'm not gonna say she lets him win at Fight Man because I, I don't think she re like. I mean, she does, but mm-hmm. she's mostly just distracted because, like, right? It's less. She always wanted. She always wanted. Yeah, 
like, as I was watching that and it was it was that whole thing I'm like okay he, so she would completely mop the floor with him if she was actually oh, she playing would absolutely. but she went all moon eyes and just yeah. forgot about the game yeah um and then she's in his room mm-hmm. oh it's great and then he's showing her like all of his his art and his treasures I love that part was so good right oh, it's like I'm just was. gonna show you all this random crap I have <laughs> here's Here's, here's my a, model. Yeah, here's uh, a plane I built. Here's, here's uh, a plane I built. My, my uh, candles. candles. Which are ridiculous. They are. Um, I, I just have to keep creating or I'll die. Um, mean, and then mean, he's like... I guess I've got to keep creating or I'll just die. That, and it's said in the least passionate way. It is. Ever. Um, and it's the... Uh, so, and then and then he's there, and he's like, "Do you want to kiss?" <laughs> yep, on the mouth. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> and it escalates so very quickly. It does. Um, and then and then he can't get the condom on right, which y- yeah, it happens. It happens. And then um, they have sex while she's wearing a shark costume, <laughs> and I just. It's the epitome of the first time with a new person, and I just it just kills me every time. And it, what's funny like, is I, I didn't the moments I've been waiting for. I didn't register at first that she still had the costume on. Like it just, mm-hmm. it, I just wasn't paying attention to that because it was such a like everything else going on in the scene. And then, <laughs> then I realized, oh no, she still has her costume on. <laughs> And this is the this is the guy that she has been pining for for we don't know mm-hmm. how long, but how long? Lo- long enough long that we enough. got like, if this movie had been made ten years earlier when he walked yeah. into the meaty boy, you would have heard yeah. Dreamweaver playing. Yeah, long enough that the second she knew she was fired, she was giving him free French fries. Yeah, yep. That's that's one of my all time like I I don't quote from this movie a lot, mm-hmm. but the. Come on, everybody, let's make this happen is absolutely in my lexicon, and I say it all the time, and no one knows where it comes from. Oh, I, oh, uh, so one of my favorite characters was also the girl working in the back at Meaty Boy. Just, yes. just because of there like that. Yeah. There you go, Lily. I mean, it's what it is, right? It is, it is only that day after Lily, it's the day that Lily, you know, it's after Lily's been fired, but before she figures out, like before she sees that all the slips of paper had her name on them. Yeah. That's the best she's ever worked. Like mm-hmm. that is the hardest literally anyone has ever worked in that restaurant. Oh yeah. Easily. It's free cheese. Why would you not want that? I, I can't have cheese. Oh, like she just takes Come everything on, in stride everybody. so well. Yep. Um, I loved, uh, I just, there's so many, like the family was such a collection of characters that just mm-hmm. made you crack up. Like the sister and brother-in-law and all their little. Jump their track suits and their makeup. I, I mean, if it was, if you made it today, they'd be selling her an NFT. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that was another reason why Damon was great because he legitimately bought the tracksuit and wore it home. Wore it home, and then he's wearing it later. The next yeah. time we see him, and he answers the phone, yeah. he's still wearing the tracksuit. Like still wearing the tracksuit. Days later, good. Like these are re- custom. These yeah. are these are limited supply. Mm-hmm. Collectors. Um, items. And then she puts on the makeup, and they're like, "Oh, is your skin okay?" <laughs> yeah. Why? 
that was another one I had to, I, I could not help but mm-hmm. uh, capture that, which, uh-huh. because it, again, made me laugh. Is it the makeup you got from us? Yeah. And your skin's all right? Yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> and they just, and it, there's also like that, that moment alone is funny enough, but the start yeah. of that, that shot is her walking into the room and it's the two of them with their son and they're all holding knives. And she says, like, the mom says something about don't hold the knife out. Out? What are we doing? I don't know what's going on. (laughs) Um, It's so good. The scene where he breaks up with her on on the rocks is just... I've had... Again, again, this movie hits too close to home. And is a large reason. But I have been through the... I just, I just, I've got a lot going on right now. I can't, I can't really right now. Um, but he did drag her all the way to so, his hometown. Yeah. And not only that, but after her brother left, knowing she's going to be there for a week mm-hmm. and day one. Yeah. Well, that's because Tracy showed up. Yeah, that's true. Tracy showed up and his dad, uh, when he's, when he's trying to talk about Lily, uh, he's proud of Tracy. And when he mentioned, when, when Jared mentions Lily, of course the dad, just anything that wasn't Gordon related, he kind of scoffed at. And so Jared took that as like, Lily's not good enough. Right. Yeah. I, so day one, and now she spends the rest of that, you know, in the next day or so trying to get a hold of her brother and can't. So she's so just one of the, one there. of the absolutely brilliant. Cause I, I love Tyka's choice in music in a lot. And like just about everything he does. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of my favorite transitions in this is when I think it's when, I think it's after Lily finds out that he lied about his mother being dead and she goes and she angry runs in the big hamster wheel thing mm-hmm. at the playground. And then you see her mad in the, um, there's just like angry guitar behind it. And then you see her sitting in the, in the sleeping bag with the thing up yep. and she's all mad about it. And then it pulls out and it's the brother on the guitar and then the daughter is doing the little dance because they're in a band. Yes. So I love that you brought that up because I was going to mention that exact scene. I love. It's so good. So I, I very much enjoy music in movies and Taika always yeah. has great music in his movies. But I also, I'm a sucker for a moment where you take music and you make it diegetic and you bring yeah. it into the scene so it actually exists inside the scene. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a huge sucker for that. Whether it's the simple version of like establishing shot with music playing and then, oh, it's the music that's playing in the car as our, you know, protagonist is driving along. Like that alone, I'm fine. Like I love, I love moments like that. But this one was especially great because there was no difference in the tone of the music. Nope. It never shifted. It just, she leaned back and there <laughs> he is playing the guitar. And I was like, that's, I love that. And then when she starts dancing, I'm like, that's right. They are a band. He plays guitar and she dances. He plays guitar and she dances. Oh, so good. um, She has big Little Miss Sunshine energy. Yes. Yes, she Um, does. She went on to be the um, child vampire in What We Do in the Shadows. Oh. Yeah. All right. So that's where where you might recognize her uh, outside of this movie. I don't don't know of anything else she's done um, but those two. The music overall in this was great. There, there again, sort of the comparison I made earlier with um, uh, that was the movie Garden State. I don't know why I couldn't remember that. Um, (laughs) 
Garden State was a movie that was like a signpost in music. Yep. And, you know, 2004, 2003 was when that came out, something like that. And like so many people I knew had that soundtrack. I remember listening to it. This, Mm -hmm. I think, has even better music than Garden State did. Um, Now, maybe that's because I'm hearing it now and realizing that the movie's 15 years old and this music is still this good. good. Um, And it's local. Like, it's not... Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's local New Zealand bands. Yeah. I think the only only one that wasn't written uh, local was the cover of Let's Dance. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, which I loved when she's so singing. Wrong. <laughs> uh, again, I have been on both sides of that argument. Uh, I have both, I have both, you know, given the lyrics wrong and getting annoyed when, when somebody I, does but, the lyrics but the wrong. Best but the part is that he tells her the lyrics are wrong mm-hmm. and she does it again because he deserves it. Just for spite. And that's worth Just it. Just for spite. Um, the scene when they, when she goes with his family to the party and, uh, she just gets blitzed and then, um, tears half her clothes off and runs through a field because and I was like, that is honestly irrational. <laughs> it's a rational response to everything that has happened to you in the last sure. week. No, that's, you know, girl. that's honestly tame for what's gone on in the last right. week for her. Like if that's right. the worst thing she does. She's pretty level-headed. I would just be mad that I lost my bra in a field. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, mm. No, I mean, she came back. Well, no, actually, I don't know if she came back with the yeah, same clothes no, or not, because we no. don't see. <laughs> no. Um, that was the, okay, so that's another thing that I like about the character of Lily, because we mentioned how she's just an unflinchingly kind person. Yes. But also, when she gets upset with him, she doesn't just forgive him right away. No. It takes time, and she does the, you know, some angry stuff, and you know the the lyrics she out of spite gets, and all of that. And she gets a lot more perspective on where he's coming from, which is not, mm-hmm. and it's not like a forgivable thing, right? Like it's not like, oh, you had a bad, you know, you had a bad life, so I'm going to forgive that you were crappy, mm-hmm. like, because that's not good. But no. she does understand, you know what I mean? Like she has a better perspective of it. She does. If yeah, I had it, not. Yeah, and and I I appreciate that about her characterization is that she does have the the whole arc of like no I'm I'm mad at you I'm not letting yeah. you off the hook that easily, and slowly kind of coming around to realizing you know kind of that she still does have a thing for him. Yeah, I think if I had a gripe about the movie, the only gripe I would have is that I wish the inciting moment for him to hit his rock bottom which yeah. is his finally having his fight with uh, his high school bully. Yeah. And then the high school bully rolling up in a wheelchair because he was in an accident mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. still fights him anyway and still gets, still just still gets his butt kicked. Um, <laughs> I, I wish that had happened before the last 20 minutes. Yeah. So that we could have had more of, because that's where his growth came from. Was he right. hit that bottom? Because after that point, he do, we do start to see the cracks in his facade, and we start to see him kind of coming around to not being well, 100% and it, and a that, dick, right? Like, yeah, and it's also that Lily has pointed out to his dad, like, hey, you you have a son still. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's what's his favorite animal? 
Mm-hmm. It's a dino that it's a giraffe. No, it's not. Yeah. Yeah, like the yeah. simple thing like that. And that that's my only gripe with the movie is that I wish we had gotten that moment earlier and so we could have had just more development so it doesn't feel like the cliched ending of they get together at the end. They get um, on a bus together at the end. Well, yes, I understand that. Uh, and, and you do see some growth for him where like he remembered the lilies. Now, whether that mm-hmm. was on purpose or not, it's hard to say. But the when you have the combination of the lilies... And the horse game. The lilies lilies were growing outside of Eric the Bully's house. Yes. Is where we saw them. And so I like the idea of them going to Eric the Bully's house. Oh, absolutely. To pick flowers for her. And what was the other thing he gave her there or brought? He he had the flowers. Um, There was something else he did or said. He said something or, or whatever. And it was like, that was part one, and then the flowers were part two, and then the horse game, when they're sitting on the bus, was part three. I mean, he, so I, I think it had to have been the night before, because she says, um, you know, I'm I'm getting on the bus tomorrow, mm-hmm. but that could change. Uh, but it was, it was like him paying attention, and we didn't, like, because the lilies were something where she mentioned that when they were at the house, like. Yeah. And and so he was the the only other person besides Mason that was there yeah. to to see that there was some, I feel like there was something else he said right before that and then it was the and then when they're playing the horse game on the bus right at the yeah. end um, yeah. where it was like okay there's some of the growth at least we're getting the right. start of that again I just wish that we'd gotten more of that but it's sort of it's sort of like not getting the full backstory on everyone it's like right. it leaves you wanting more and I'm okay with that in a lot of ways. Um, it didn't detract from the movie. Let's put it that way. It didn't take anything away from it. Um, because we did get growth, at least in that last 15 to 20 minutes. He, again, he's, he's less of a dingus at that point because he's starting to realize that she isn't giving up on him. Um, yeah. And that, Oh, well maybe, maybe yeah, I should be actually, a little nicer that's to the big her. Part, right. Cause he's all mad. And, mm-hmm. and it's that, um, the funny stop motion of them in the sleeping bags. Yep. Right, because he's gonna he grabs a sleeping bag and he's gonna go hike up the hill and sleep out there and right. everything's terrible. And she just goes with him. She's mm-hmm. like, Okay, let's go. And won't leave him alone. And he keeps trying to move away and she just keeps following him. Yeah. Which by the way, the animation in this was awesome. I loved those Fun, little right? moments of animation. Like when the it, apples get together at the end. Well, so it starts off the animation is just in the opening credits, and I'm thinking, Oh, this is cute. I kinda like this like stop motion opening credits oh cool and then to have it it came back just a couple of times again they didn't over yeah. they didn't overuse it it was when he chucked the apple out the window yep and then when she throws her apple core when she's it, mad at him yeah after he breaks up with her so so you get the rotten apple the apple core and then to have those two come together at the end in another piece of animation was really great. So those those four bits of animation were cool, and then the stop motion stuff in the field was just fun. Yeah, it's just fun. It was just super I super love fun. Stop motion, it's so dumb. It it is, but it's mm. it's just glorious. Like it's such a great form mm-hmm. of animation. There's something warm about stop motion yeah. that you don't. And I think I think the thing that I like about stop motion is that it has this inherent like it's not smooth. Yeah. 
and that quirkiness, that that kind of surrealism of that, uh, for some reason, just I I take to really well. Uh, it's why I think Go Motion looks so weird to me because there is that motion yeah. blur, right? And it's just like that doesn't. No, my brain doesn't want that. My brain wants Jason and the Argonauts. It wants the the uh, skeletons that totally don't look real, but yet are also amazingly realistic. My favorite, I came across on Twitter the other day. It was like somebody made a thread of their favorite thing, which is um, stop motion directors posing with their, you know, marionettes. Oh, yeah. And it was just a whole, just a whole thread of them. It was real nice. good. Oh, that's <laughs> I great. Love that. uh, that's why I love like Henry Selleck. It just mm-hmm. his his stuff is amazing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, just all that. I, I'm a, I'm just I'm a sucker for diegetic music cues mm-hmm. like that. I love stop motion stuff. You combine the two, it'd mm-hmm. be even better. Let's be yeah. honest. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, there's just something. There's such a charm and a heart to this movie, and I think yeah, I think that's really what kind of what what made me enjoy it so much. Uh, and I never would have looked for this on my own other than if I started, I take that back. I would have in that it's Taika Waititi and I would want to know, right. especially it being his first movie. Right. Um, but it's kind of the thing where I, I wish I had seen it in 0708, but yeah. part of me is sort of glad that I'm seeing it now because I can appreciate more of what's going on while still being able to identify with all of it and not feel as though I'm being targeted. Targeted. <laughs> because I think that's, yeah. that's a very important That's part. a risk. <laughs> uh, because I definitely felt that with Garden State, but at the same time, like, Garden State is a weird one for me because I've, I both felt targeted, but also, like, there's no way that this is in any way realistic. Right. Whereas this is almost because there isn't the manic pixie dream girl in it. Like it's, it's kind of being told from her perspective in a way. Yeah. Which I think makes it more interesting. Yeah. Because it just doesn't feel convoluted. I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm just jaded. Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not ruling anything out. But I just liked it. It's the likability of all these weird people. And like, yep. and and weird in the quirky sense, not not as a derogatory term, just like awkward, awkward people. Yeah. Which I kind I of. I mean, it, but that's that's the whole thing, right? Like everybody's weird about something. Yeah. Oh, totally, hundred percent. And it's that it's that it's an almost intimacy, right? Like when you get to, I mean, it's like that scene when she finally gets to his bedroom, right? It's that intimacy of like, all right, now that we know each other, I can show you all my weird things. Yes. Like, look at how many toys I have. <laughs> well, and like her meeting his family and and his family genuinely just liking her. And right, and but like, he's trying to sell her. Mm-hmm. He's trying to sell her to the family. You yeah. know what I mean, and make her out to be what he feels is quote unquote better. But they just like her because mm-hmm. there's literally nothing to not like about her. Yeah. Like that scene, the the scene where after she, so she's angry with him and then she sees him with Tracy as he's, you know, practicing (laughs) in the water. Oh yeah. Just totally thrilled. (laughs) Um, And then you cut to her having dinner with his family and then just inviting her along to the party the next night. Like, I just love that because it's, yep. That awful, awful joke. That's incredibly funny. 
Um, just all of that. I loved the, like the the interplay because as much as his family, he's such a dingus, and like the way that he treats some of the members of his family, but yet like you can tell his sister genuinely cares. Right. And like his nephew is cool with him and all that, regardless of the fact that he's kind of the black sheep and sort of created that situation himself in some ways. Right. I mean, he clearly took off, which I don't know. Like, I don't particularly blame him Mm -hmm. for just taking off. Sure. But like also he did just leave his daughter there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah. she seems fine. So she's remarkably cool. well adjusted for yeah. you know all of that. Um, yeah, and like Doug, the the brother in law, was funny. Yep. Um, yeah. Mason though, Ma- <laughs> just when he rides up on his bike, I have when now she's waiting <clears throat> for the bus. when she's waiting for the bus. Uh, that one I felt very targeted on uh, <laughs> because I have one hundred percent Ben Mason, um, <laughs> and. Uh, I I am surprised watching that scene. I didn't break out in a flop sweat because <laughs> <laughs> that's how I felt. <sighs> I was just um, joking and just like I was just joking and turning his bike around I, I and awkwardly, serious. yeah, Got awkwardly you. pedaling away. Oh, oh, <laughs> that hurt, Taika. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be hit quite so close to the mark. Jeez. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's this why it's is. So good. But it wor- That's what makes it work. That's exactly why. Because that's the thing, right? Because like, everybody's been in some variety of that interaction at some point. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and if you say you haven't, you're lying, by the way. You're lying. Absolutely. You have, you have in some I mean, way. You've maybe been on the other side of it. But you've you been can be on the that. lily side, but sure. you've been on one side and neither of them are good. Mm-hmm. Well, and what's, what, what I like about that, too, is like Lily's on that side of it, but then... You know, not a few hours earlier, she was she was the Mason in the relationship, mm-hmm. and yet she's. But also, come on, dude! It has been like two hours. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. No, I, I totally, totally. Oh, um, <laughs> this is just this is a fun movie. I okay. So looking at what Taika Waititi has directed, I'm just going to go by yes. things he has directed. Me. So. So eagle versus shark. Uh, yep. We're gonna we're gonna um, bypass um, television for now. Sure, we'll just go with films. So eagle versus shark. Boy, I don't know. Boy, I don't know that. One. Um, that was twenty ten, and then what we do in the shadows, hunt for yep. the wilder people. Yep. Thor Ragnarok. Uh, Jojo Rabbit. And that's to now for films. Yeah. Of those, uh, I have not seen Boy and I have not seen Hunt for the Wilder People. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost impossible for me to rank those. Like, if I had to rank them in terms of Taika Waititi movies that I enjoyed, um, it's it feels terrible to put What We Do in the Shadows number four of those, but like of those four... It probably yeah. sits there. And I mean, being such a huge fan of the show, mm-hmm. um, I will say that when you go back and watch the movie, it feels like a proof of concept mm-hmm. in yes. comparison, which is not like, it doesn't mean it's bad. No, um, no, no. 
But it's just so much better when it's expanded to three glorious seasons. And I can't wait for the next one. It's it's one of those things where we're saying that of those four, so of the four Taika Waititi movies that I have seen, which is Thor Ragnarok, Jojo Rabbit, Eagle vs. Shark, and What We Do in the Shadows. Saying What We Do in the Shadows is number four in no way makes that a bad movie. Like that's a, that's a pretty good list of movies. It's hard for me not to put Thor Ragnarok number one on that just because of what he did taking that character and having fun with it and bringing, breathing life back into it because I, the first two Thor movies are fine. I like them. I have nothing wrong with them, but he, he took, he took that character and he gave it such an interesting spin. Plus he got to have fun with things like, Hulk and Banner and bringing Valkyrie yeah. into it. And you also had Kate Blanchett in the movie, which immediately makes it better. Um, I really like that. Jojo Rabbit was fantastic. That's such mm-hmm. a good movie. I think I like Eagle versus Shark a little better than Jojo Rabbit. And oh, that's sweet. hard to say. Uh, now mm-hmm. that could, there could be some recency bias there because sure. I just, just got done and like that feeling of watching Eagle versus shark is still fresh, yep. but that's how I've got it right now is like, it's just above Jojo rabbit, but it's close. And Jojo rabbit is so good and so well-made that you can see what you can see is the, uh, evolution of him as a director and a writer Yeah. by the time of Jojo rabbit. Like he's, He's gotten so good and he's refined his craft over 12 years between those two movies. But there's something, there's some kind of like a, there's a little extra heart in this movie. It mm-hmm. feels a little more personal. Maybe it's because it was one of his, yeah. is his first feature film. Yeah. Um, I love the the trivia, by the way, that he made Jermaine uh, Clement and uh, Lauren Taylor um, wear yeah. shoes that were too big so that they were so a little good. extra awkward and clumsy. Yeah. Like that's such a brilliant move. Um, <laughs> and look, he's got Thor love and thunder coming out soon, which is going to be a ton of fun. You can, you just know it. Um, yeah. And I think that's an impressive thing. Cause again, I know you're not like a huge Marvel I comics MCU. Patience for comic book movies. <laughs> that's a discussion we can have a different time. I mean, it's, like, like, it's like, not that they're, it's not that like, I, I have nothing against them. Mm-hmm. They are not for me, and that's fine. Sure. But have you seen Thor Ragnarok? I, well, I've seen the first 20 minutes of Thor Ragnarok. That's not enough of that movie for you to, to get the full sense of it. Plus, never, plus, you never got to Jeff Goldblum. Date awake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but Jeff Goldblum is so much fun in that. And Jeff Goldblum is... Right. Amazing. 100% he just of the time. he just gets to he gets to do Jeff Goldblum and yeah and honestly it's it's brilliant, um, but that is a fun one. Plus, like the TV stuff that he's done. So he did, you know, the first couple of episodes of what we do in the shadows series. He directed yep. uh, and yep. helped produce that. Um, uh, you know, working on Flight of the Concords, uh, but also like he did an episode of the Mandalorian in the first season. And that was a great episode and definitely had that Taika Waititi feel to some of the dialogue. You could tell. Mm-hmm. Um, he just, he's good. He's really good. I'm very interested in uh, if he actually does something with Time Bandits as a series that is being talked mm. about. 
Yeah. Uh, because if anybody could do that, I think it's him. He's got that that certain I agree. something. I I do like when he does his own stuff better, though. I mean, sure. I mean, he's because not he... like he's not like Tim Burton, who gets I who just like goes completely off the rails when he tries to adapt something. Like he's not he's not on that level. Uh, but I I do prefer his own stuff. I do. I do. I think the thing with him that is impressive is that he can still, he can adapt, he he can adapt something like, I mean, I'm using Thor as the example, but he can take Thor and where Tim Burton goes off the rails because he takes something like Dark Shadows and does what he did. Which was arguably the tamest of the ones that he's done. Right. Um, (laughs) But to do, like, it's, it's so very much Tim Burton, but not... Willy Wonka is just, what have you done, man? Come back to us. It's weird, too, because there's so much of that that is, like, trying to do the book, but then it's, like, Tim Burton doing the book. Right. So it's it's very strange. Or even um, Sweeney Todd. Yeah, there's that, too. But there's something with the way Taika can, can adapt something and put put his stamp on it but it's still the thing that he's doing yeah which is why I think he worked so well in the Marvel movies because Marvel kind of has this thing where you can have the director in there but it's still a Marvel movie at the end of the day like yes it's a Taika Waititi directing the film but it's still a Marvel film right or it's James Gunn doing Guardians of the Galaxy but it's still Marvel uh, right. At the end of the day, he doesn't get to go full James Gunn like he did with the Suicide Squad or Peacemaker. Yeah. Um, and same thing with Chloe Zhao and, and Eternals, whether or not you liked Eternals. I personally didn't mind it at all. But it's never going to be fully that that director's undis- or distilled vision. It's always going to have the cloud of kind of Marvel around right. it. Yeah. Uh, but he still makes something that is that is memorable and sticks out. Thor Ragnarok yeah. sticks out because it's got that feel to it. That's that's why he and James Gunn, I think, are so perfect at doing some of these adaptations because they can bring this feel. And he's able to do stuff like bringing a character like Korg and doing something new with them and making them more interesting while yeah. also getting them into uh, a thing like that. So I do like his original stuff, I think, better. Um, that's yeah. why Jojo Rabbit, that's why this movie, um, you know, what we do in the shadows, all that I think is better. Um, but I do think he does a great job of those kinds of, uh, of adaptations, which is why it'd be interesting to see him take on something like time bandits, because yeah. that's not an established, like that's not MCU. That is, that is something that. People who are fans of Time Bandits are going to know it, and the rest of the world is like, I don't know what this is. This is brilliant because it's something he came up with. Um, they're going to yeah. think that. Yeah. And so that can kind of work. I hear Reservation Dogs is really good, too, and I need to watch that. It's on my um, list. Because definitely. Uh, there's also, well, a lot of stuff announced. Akira, Flash Gordon. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about any of that. Um, but Reservation Dogs. Oh, Wellington Paranormal is the other one he created that series. Did you uh, watch yeah, that? Yeah, I started I started it, but I, you know me, I'm a little sensitive to scary slash gross stuff, and sure. so I was not in the proper headspace for it. And so I actually need, I need, I gotta get somebody to like 
vet it for me. <laughs> <laughs> you need somebody to watch it first, huh? Okay. And be like, all right, listen, right here, it's going to get gross. You're not going to want to see this part. Right here, it's a little bit scary. But it's yeah. not really, but it's a little bit scary. And Phil in the chat brings up a thing. The MCU brings in unique directors and tells them not to do their unique thing. So, yes, to a point. Like, they let them do a little bit of it, but they want it. They want there to be some homogeny between the movies right. so that they can feel... Continuity through the whole universe. It's like they used to do with the comics, where you had comics drawn the Marvel way, where they didn't tell the artist, yeah. you have to draw every character this way or the same, but there was a certain style they wanted to go for just to make things, you know, for continuity purposes. So I get that. Um, but it is nice when you get to see... I think another thing is I think one of the reasons that I kind of like those is it gives them exposure, but it also gives them a bunch of um, credibility and money to then go make projects. Yeah, no, I I do not begrudge <laughs> his paycheck from Marvel. Not at one all. One bit. They're going to pay him. take all this money and then go make me more, <laughs> more of our flag means death. Yeah, Please. all of that. <laughs> But it's great because he can he can inject some of that feeling into something like Thor and then turn around and do the passion project. It's like the actor that does the movie just for a paycheck and then goes and yeah, does their yeah. stage play. Um, yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. Yes, Time Bandits is amazing. It is it is fantastic. And I'd love to see... Uh, I, I, I would love to see an updated version of that um, just because I, I think that it's... Nothing away from the original. That's true. That is also very if true. anything... It introduces more people to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and if anybody can adapt Time Bandits, it's yeah. it's this crazy Kiwi. I'll tell you what, because boy, he's just he's phenomenal. He he is he is in my top three, top five working directors right now. Like him and Edgar Wright. There's certain directors, if their name is on something, I'm watching it. I don't care. Yeah. I may not. I may not love it as much as some of their other work, but I'm going to watch it and I'm probably going to like it. Taika Waititi, Edgar Wright, Guillermo del Toro, I will watch anything he does because that guy has just got, there's something in the way he sees the world that is weird and I'm for it. Like even Mm -hmm. Nightmare Alley wasn't my favorite del Toro film, but I still just enjoyed the hell out of that movie. Like there was something... I love Del Toro. I've I I know I I've, I have to have mentioned it on this show before, but like my one problem with Del Toro is like he wants he tries way too hard to make sure you know who the real monster is and that it's not the creature. And it's like my my man, we get it. <laughs> yes, I didn't need to see him cut that guy's face off. I get it. <laughs> I no, understood. I, he is not subtle at all. That's that's true. Yeah. Like I can I can completely get that criticism of Del Toro. Um, yeah. But he is one of those that I, mean, I just... he's great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. He's just got this strange, grotesque view of the world um, that I'm, I'm here for. Like, it's so weird. Hellboy and... 2 is one of my all-time favorite movies. Hellboy 2. I love the first Hellboy. Pan's Labyrinth is great. I like his... I love I... Pan's Labyrinth, but I can't watch the human parts. It's because tough. Because the... he's terrible. Like, I know. <laughs> I yeah, it's, it. it's rough. I love his slow burn movies. Oh, Pan's Labyrinth is one of those. Devil's yep. Backbone is great. That's one I want to watch again because that was such a weird one to watch the first time. Yeah. Um, Nightmare Alley, again, I bring it up, but it was one of those. I kept waiting for it to go to that really 
really del Toro Weird. place and it didn't go yeah. there. But then yeah. as it started to wrap up, I'm like, oh, but man, what he did was phenomenal. Like, <laughs> damn you, man. So like those are three directors right there that if their name is on something, I'm in. I'm ready to watch yeah. it and I don't care. Um, it's just... The, it, it takes a certain a certain artist to to do that for me. Like there's there's directors that I love all their work. You know, John McTiernan. Um, I think is uh, as an action director was phenomenal. It's a bummer yeah. that uh, you know he he wiretapped his ex wife's phone and got sent to prison because we haven't mm. seen him do anything in almost twenty years. Mm. Um, ego and money are, are a powerful thing, and it's it's strange. But he did his he he took his lumps too. Like he fought it a little bit, but at the end he just went and did what he did and then went to prison. Uh, But it's a bummer because he is a, he's a very good director of film. He structures films well. He's a good artist. Yeah. Um, You know, uh, Ridley Scott, I like most of his work. Not everything. Ridley Scott has some stinkers, but there's something about the way he puts a movie together. Uh, We talked about, um, Matchstick Men. Yeah. And that was one where, again, that movie was elevated because the performances were good, but it was also Ridley Scott's direction. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's just it's just one of those where it's like certain people, and Taika hits that list. It makes me want to watch Wellington Paranormal. It makes me want to watch uh, uh, Our Flag Means Death. Um, all so of this. Good. I just, I need more. I, I keep putting in petitions for a 36-hour day. And so far, they have all been ignored. But eventually, I'll get it, mm. damn it. Well, but now now the whole season's out. So, you know, you can get the... Uh, sobbed. Sobbed, Taika. <laughs> are they are they half-hour episodes or hour? Um, or kind of somewhere in the middle. I mean, that can make it a little bit easier to digest if it's shorter episodes. Yeah. Uh, Although, pff, I'm, my precious little free time to just watch stuff for fun is dwindling quickly. So, so it's, it's both a good and bad thing though. So, um, but that's definitely on my list to watch is our flag means death. He's Blackbeard in that, right? Yeah. He plays Blackbeard. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely though. Eagle versus shark. I tell you, it, it's great to see a first film from a director too. And you're just like, and for it to this, be so good. This guy's going somewhere. That's, that's the the thing again. Edgar Wright, his first feature film, like major release, is Shaun of the Dead. It's like okay, hit yeah. the ground running. Why don't you? Yeah. Like, uh, some directors just can do that. You you see that right away. Not everybody has to have you know, like David Fincher. It's unfortunate that his first film was Alien Three and had the studio interference it did, because yeah. that that belies how good he is. Right. He's he's the nice part is that's I mean, all it it's also not entirely a terrible thing for a new you know what I mean? Like it it's not a bad way to get your feet wet. Oh no no no. All right, let me just let me just handle this, I guess. it's it certainly is. Like I, I get that, but but at the same time, it's one of those where it's like, yeah, okay, so you have a little bit of a black mark on your on your uh your otherwise sterling record. Um but you can you can brush it off as it's your first. Okay. That's true. That's true. Um, <laughs> you know, and sometimes you get lucky and you're Quentin Tarantino and you start off with Reservoir Dogs, which is a well put together movie, and it's impressive that that I, was the first thing he did. 
his movies are generally speaking not for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do love Reservoir Dogs. There's a simplicity to it. And I yeah. talk about this a lot where we're honestly keeping things simple. That's This movie works because it doesn't try to go too far. It doesn't try to do too much. It's just a very simple um, a simple thing. I think... So I've started, or I've I've been rewatching some of the Defender series of Marvel shows now that they've uh, popped back up on Disney Plus, and and it's been a few years. And one of the things that I'm watching in those and that I like is that they always kept everything small. Yeah. Daredevil took place takes place in Hell's Kitchen, New York, and it very rarely ventures outside of that. Right. And like everything takes place on the street level, these small things, so it keeps the story focused and keeps it simple. And that's where I think stuff like the CW Arrowverse shows tended to, when they didn't work, it was partially because they tried to go too big. Yeah. And that's the problem that a lot of movies have, uh, especially sequels, is they try to try to give you everything and try to go bigger and, and more faster, more intense. Um, yeah. And that's, again, this movie works because it kept things simple. It kept things small. Uh, Thor Ragnarok, part of it is that, is it, it, brought yeah. things back down um jojo rabbit's the same way where it's just about the kid yep. and that makes for more compelling story makes for more compelling characters and just makes for better entertainment in my opinion so i definitely definitely recommend eagle versus shark you gotta watch it it's awkward it's a little bit awkward <laughs> um, so be ready for that if you were an awkward kid <laughs> flashback yeah, if you were an awkward teenager or early 20-something, be be ready to feel targeted. Oh, boy. Um, I did have a couple of other clips I had to play because I got them, and and I'm going to. Um, there was, so I played the makeup one. Um, yep. Oh, I, if, I, if I stop creating, I might die. Um, yep. When there, again, Jared, being this character that also has to kind of one-up everybody. Um, uh-huh. everything for him always has to be either better or worse. Um, when he asks about her parents and she says that they died, then, well, my mom died and it was... My mom got kicked in the head by a cow. Kicked in the head by a cow. Oh. And then he follows it up by saying he can't go near cows. I can't yet, near cows. It makes me think of her. Yeah, yet we saw him eating a hamburger. So. Well, that man has already dead. He got what it deserved. Uh, I loved when, he, when he's giving her the invitation to the party and she says oh it's uh-huh. an animal party and he's describing what's going to happen and then my friend has a helmet and he's going to let us chuck shoes at his head <laughs> <And> he's like <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb and yet the but way like oh absolutely and you can hear the <laughs> smile in his voice when he's talking about it too because he's so excited to just throw shoes at his <laughs> friend's head <laughs> So that, that got uh, me. Uh, and the um, the safest of the barbs between uh, him and his sister. Um, you're a bitch, and you're going to die of diabetes. It's harsh. It's super harsh. Um, and one last one, and this was, again, this is that moment. Uh, the movie has a lot of heart, and the character of Lily has so much heart. And then she has this line when she's talking to the dad and <sighs> life is full of hard bits I think but in between the hard bits are some really lovely bits 
And I was like, oh, damn it. You make me feel feelings. <laughs> and I did. I felt many feelings. Uh-huh. Lily, Lily is easily the best character in this movie, and she's just wonderful. Yeah. Uh, and and I love that um, she was a character that Lauren Taylor had had come up with, um, which I think is is part of why it works so well, right? Is it's yeah. like here, it, go ahead. It's that semi autobiographical nature of it, yep. um, and the fact that <laughs> the fact that you can feel that there's an, there's this isn't just her playing a character. This is her remembering a few things to bringing mm-hmm. some of her own experience into it. Um, right. And she was, she was Plus, wonderful. It's Taika going, maybe I don't write a female main character. Like maybe I need a little help with that. And I, I'm into that. Yeah, I absolutely. That kind of thinking. Well, and I like the fact that, um, you know, this is 2007. So 15 years ago, the, it's not like it's unheard of to have a female-led film by any stretch, but to have a director like Taika go that route is really cool. And that's yeah. that's also, I think, a younger director is willing to take chances like that yeah. uh, and, and willing to collaborate more because they haven't entrenched yet in this idea that I know what I'm doing and I know how to write stuff and I am the director. You get more of the collaboration part of things, which right. two thumbs up, more of that. Mm-hmm. more of that uh, so this is a super super fun movie thank you Amy for bringing it to my attention and I'm exposing so me glad. to it <laughs> I've the, been waiting the kooky awkwardness that is eagle versus shark I can now check that off the list and that's yeah, really good it's really good <laughs> it's really good uh, more Damon justice for Damon <laughs> I love to like the moment where he drives away because it's such a brother sister thing. After they witness the brother and sister yelling, you know, the insults yep. back and forth to each other, he chucks that at her and she yep. knows exactly what it is and just laughs it off. And they have like their relationship is so great. Safety grass. We're gonna have to start doing that now. So this is a fun movie. It's definitely worth watching. It unfortunately is only gonna be on Amazon Prime for a few more days. But I'm sure it's gonna pop up somewhere else. Probably HBO Max. Yeah, would be my guess, but definitely, definitely we're seeing. Right now, someone will. Oh, someone will make sure it is visible. Yes, yes, that is a bankable name uh, for sure. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Amy, thank you so much for bringing this one to my attention and for being on this week. Um, oh, my uh, pleasure. Originally, I was going to be watching Identity with uh with my friend David, but he had uh, other commitments and had to back out. Um. And you were gracious enough to jump right in. And you were like, Eagle versus Shark, let's do it. Let's go. So, let's go. Uh, I appreciate that very, very much. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. I love it. I promise I next time it won't be good. an emergency. <laughs> <laughs> can, I'm okay if it is. I mean, either way. Uh, now, you have a show uh, that you do called Ache Willow. I do. I do my uh, my fiction pod my serialized fiction podcast uh, written by the one the only uh, JF Dubo. Um, season five will is tentatively scheduled to start at the end of April. Um, so we are currently between seasons. We didn't get to do an in between season special uh, this go round because things were a little crazy. Um, but we'll be back soon and. That's all good, but in the meantime, you have four seasons to listen to anywhere 
that you get your podcasts. A C H E W I L L O W. Very cool. I love Aquilo. It is a fun, fun mm-hmm. show. Is there any other projects you got going on or anything you can talk I have about? Like right a million now? projects coming. <laughs> um, and so you probably want to like follow my social medias. That's a good idea. Uh, to keep up with all of that. Um, and I am everywhere that you can find social media stuff uh, as Daniora, D-A-N-I-O-R-A. And I I know of at least one of those projects that you'll want to you'll wanna hear about that one. Uh, I, I know think of at be least fun. two of those projects. All right, fair enough. I know of at least two. You're right. <laughs> You're right. Uh, but definitely that's cool. I, I look forward to hearing about the other projects that I don't know about yet. So... Um, yeah, I, I record this show typically Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern time at twitch.tv slash Travis. We're recording this on a Monday, but again, schedules being what they are. Um, Sunday nights, you can, you can hang out and be like, uh, Faye or, uh, Phil Rude. Um, I saw Ace in there, uh, in the chat room, hanging out, talking with us, Diddy. Uh, they are, and Diddy, I, I'm sorry, I didn't answer. They are doing a Time Bandits TV series, or at least it's being announced. Um, the show comes out on Wednesdays, anywhere you can get podcasts. Uh, the easiest way to find it is to go to tvstravis.com and you can go to the subscribe page and then load it into your favorite podcatcher or go find it in um, link there to Apple Podcasts or whatever. Because I made it a terrible name that's hard to search for because there's punctuation and ellipses and whatnot. Um, I'm not good at the whole marketing thing is kind of the point. <laughs> I'm bad at that. But you can find it anywhere. If you do listen to it on uh, on something like Apple or Spotify, leaving a rating and review helps the show become more discoverable. Also, word of mouth is super helpful, and and I appreciate that. You can you can also uh, help me out uh, monetarily if you want to at Kofi K O dash F I dot com slash TV's Travis or go to store.streamelements.com slash TV's Travis and get merch. I got my silly logo that if you're watching the video, you can see on my hat. Is also on shirts and mugs and all sorts of stuff. So go buy a shirt. It's the short, the short version of that. Uh, but yes, um, next week I am watching. I'm going back to the weird movies. Uh, the um, the movie that I'm going to be watching is Naked Lunch. And if you're not familiar with that, uh, it's a weird one, or at least that's what I'm told. Um, I had a friend of mine who watched that and told me it was the weirdest thing I'd ever seen. Uh, it is directed by David Cronenberg, which kind of tells me a lot of what I need to know uh, right <laughs> off the jump. Um, I have yet to see a David Cronenberg movie that didn't make me go, huh, at some point. Uh, very confused, but uh, we'll see. It does have Peter Weller in it, which makes me excited because I like Peter Weller. So Naked Lunch with Cameron from the Green Shirt podcast, uh, a podcast where somebody is watching Star Trek for the first time. Ooh. So that's why they are a Green Shirt uh, so that'll be next week, Naked Lunch uh, from 1991. So that movie is, what, 30, 31 years old? Whew. Crazy. Uh, and then the week after that, uh, Tyler uh, Tyler Cardwell from uh, America's Next Top Podcaster, season two, uh, is going to come back. We're gonna, I'm going to show him Predator 2 for the first time. So he hasn't seen that. And that, to me, is an underrated Predator film, by the way. Not as good as the first Predator. It's sure. not. I mean, nothing's going to... That's like a perfect action film. And a perfect 80s action film. But Predator 2 doesn't get the love it deserves. So I'm going to show him that. We're going to talk about it. That's what's coming up over the next couple of weeks. Um, 
And as always, there's also Let's Watch Highlander I do on Tuesday nights and as a podcast on Thursdays with my good friend Audie Norman. So we talk about the series Highlander uh, once a week, every week, until there are no more episodes. We'll get to the <laughs> point where there can be only one. Which, by the way, there should have only been one movie. I'll, I'll stick with that. <laughs> anyway, thank you all. Thank you, Amy, for being here this weekend, this, this weekend, today, this whatever it is. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, chat. Thank you, audience. I uh, love you all. And uh, just remember to enjoy your movies and hey, let's be excellent to each other. There's been weight you haven't seen. You're a loser. You're a loser, bitch. Cockhole. Bitch. Cockhole. Bitch. Cockhole. Bitch. Cockhole. Stop calling me cockhole, bitch. Cockhole. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>